Hey yo, what's up everyone? This is Rob T and I am the drummer for the band Reborn. Have you checked out our latest single? Yo, check it out. We got more music for you to check out. All you got to do is go to Spotify. You can go to iTunes. You can go to Amazon. You can find us anywhere you stream music. All right. Just search for the band Reborn. That's the name of our band. You can also go to our website at www.officialreborn.com. You can also find us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Man, we are all over the place. And right now we are booking shows. So we want to come see you. So why don't you contact us at the official reborn band at gmail.com? That's the official reborn band at gmail.com. Bring us to your town. We look forward to seeing you. It's time for the most action-packed podcast in the pro wrestling world. It's time for the Mega Powers Pro Wrestling Podcast. We bring you the latest and greatest in professional wrestling from the WWE and AEW to the excitement of the independent scene. You get it all here in one place, the Mega Powers Pro Wrestling Podcast. Now, here are your hosts, Rob T and K-Bay Chris. Hey, what's up everyone? This is Rob T and K-Fabe Chris. That's right. And you are listening to the Mega Powers Pro Wrestling Podcast. And this is our first episode of the week. That's yeah. right. Starting this week, we're doing two episodes. So today, as much as we may want to talk recaps, it's not happening yet. We're going to talk about sex, baby. we <laughs> talk about you and me. Yeah, we ain't going that far, bro. <laughs> <laughs> no, we got a really good topic that we're going to talk about today. Um, and, to, and to be honest, we're not going to really do like a recap or anything, but a big reason for this particular topic we saw this past saturday on uh on SummerSlam. Yeah. uh you know everybody knows there's now a new and i love what they're calling it a new regime is yeah. what they're saying so we got a new regime and it looks like triple h is at the head of creative and uh okay fabe chris had a great idea and that idea was basically let's talk about triple h and Let's get into why he's such a good choice to to do this thing. You know what I mean? So, um, Chris, why don't you why don't you start start us off, man? Let's let's talk a little bit about Mr. Paul Levesque. Ah, uh, yes, and Mr. what the deal is with him, Paul Michael Levesque. Oh yes. dang! You found out his middle name. I did. Born July 27, nineteen sixty nine, in Nashua, New Hampshire. See, that's that's why you're the research guy, man. You, just, <laughs> you never, never fail, dude. I love it. Go ahead. I got to be on point. No doubt. No doubt. Got on point. So we all know Paul Triple H, Levesque, as he's known um, in the world of sports entertainment, whatever. Fuck sports entertainment. Fuck you, Jericho. <laughs> this is professional wrestling now. That's okay? right. That's right. Professional wrestling. Now, Triple H has been in the game, no pun intended, for <laughs> a long time. Nice twist okay. of words, though. <laughs> you like that? Yeah, like that, that was good. That was good. Nice, nice. Uh, trained by Killer Kowalski. 
Okay. Alongside uh, one of his ex and one of the greatest uh, women's champion in the world, uh, China. And oh, right. Perry Saturn was in his class with Colin really? Yes. Interesting. I know. Very interesting. Um, Jeremiah Killer Kowalski, uh, his first uh, professional gig was with World Championship Wrestling. WCW. Yes. yes. And do you remember what his name was? Terra Rising. Terra Rising. That's what right. A that, stupid name. <laughs> very stupid name. Uh, and he only signed a one year contract with WCW at the time. Because uh, he said, basically, I don't know if you saw it on one of the documentaries, that if he wasn't going to learn what he needed in one year, he didn't need to be in this business. Right, right, right. Basically, basically. Um, but yeah, during that time, you know, he didn't win any championships. He had a couple of feuds going on with it. Uh, I think it was the one with Alex Riley was one of his biggest ones that he had in there. Um, Alex Riley, Alex, remind me who he is. Was it that German kid? I think the little. Oh, the one that did the. Yeah, the little the shuffle shake. Yeah, 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 exactly. That's right. I think it was That's Alex right. Riley. It was actually it was Alex. No, something. no, not Alex Riley. It was because uh, Alex Riley was in WWE with okay. the Miz. With the Miz, Alex Wright. Alex Wright. There you go. You were close. You were close. Uh, all them blonde hair, blue eyes boys look the same. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yes, he came out as uh, terrorizing. Uh, did a year in WCW before he got signed into WWE in 1995. Um, and from there, he was kind of rebranded to Jean-Paul Levesque. Interesting. Interesting. Yes. So when he so this is when he first came into WWE. Yes, he was. If you remember, they started to do vignettes with him being like an aristocrat kind of character, very proper, kind of a French uh, accent that he was doing. I do remember that, but but by the time I saw that, he was already Hunter Hearst Helmsley. No, the first uh, few months he was John Paul Levesque. Interesting. Well, then I must I must have caught it later then. Yeah, uh, and then eventually he would uh, morph into the Hunter Hearst Tomsley gimmick, right? Um, and eventually shorten that to Triple H. Yeah, which which he's later. been pretty much known for for the duration of his career. Right, right, exactly. So um, you know he's had different monikers throughout the years. You know he's been the game, obviously, uh, based off that interview he did with Jim Ross, where he told that the audience that he was a student of the game. Right, and. We've seen it throughout the years. He's been a student of the game. He is an encyclopedia of oh, no uh, doubt. of wrestling knowledge. Uh, he loves the old school territory days. You know the the stars of, of yesteryear, if you want to call them. I don't know if you heard on Busted Open. Um, I think it was uh, Bully Ray had said mentioned that he's a he's a collector of eight by tens of older wrestlers. No, I didn't catch that. Wow, yeah, he must, he's a yeah. He must have one hell of a collection. Yeah, aside from all the other stuff, like he has, you know, original championship belts, right, original right, right. wrestling gear and stuff like that, uh, definitely respects the history of professional wrestling. You know, um, he's been known as the Cerebral Assassin. Uh, he's been a huge name in some of the um, couple of the bigger factions in wrestling history. We'll start with D-Generation X. Uh-huh. Uh, the original one with Shawn Michaels, and then later on with the New Age Outlaws and Xbox, and right. then of course bringing his uh, career even higher when the Evolution came along, when he was a Ric Flair, um, Randy Orton, and Batista. So, uh, not to not to discard the fact that he was in the behind the scenes faction of the Click. Yeah, that's true. That's true. And there's so, so there's so much history with the Click. You know what I mean? Like. Yeah. Uh, 
so of course a lot of fans like us love the click but there was mm-hmm. a lot of people especially the the stars back then that hated the click very controversial oh, yeah. very controversial yeah very controversial mainly because the click was known for um stepping away from the old school while still respecting the old school mentality but understanding that again not to make a bad pun but the evolution of the product right 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 you know um uh, we saw that uh stem from the click you know from when nash and hall was at wcw and of course when Shawn michaels triple h and uh, xbox you know did their thing in wwe or wwf right. at the time um so he signed in 1995 with that uh he went on to have a very lucrative career um just look at his championships he's uh held the international wrestling federation championship that was in a before he got into wcw it was like a mm-hmm. independent show thing uh didn't do anything in wcw but he did in wwf uh start to have he was a um nine-time wwf slash wwe champion five-time world heavyweight champion which makes him a 14-time champion oh wow so he is a 14-time champion along with uh randy warren i think they're tied right and Cena's 15, right? Cena's 16. 16. So he's tied with yeah. Ric Flair. He's tied with Ric Flair. Uh, unofficial Yay! count. By the way, he survived this weekend. <laughs> I heard it was, well, I heard that it was uh, a spectacle for sure. Yeah, I mean. But we I saw, heard it was I terrible. Mean, <laughs> yeah, I saw some of the highlights of it. And yeah, I mean, that poor man can barely move. Yeah, that's kind of what I figured. So you know, um anyway, it's Ric Flair. He's he's gonna do his thing till the day he dies. Yeah. Um, so yeah, Triple H is a 14-time world champion, uh, five-time uh WWF slash WWE Intercontinental Champion. Nice. Uh two-time WWF European champion. Uh he was a unified WWE tag team champion with Shawn Michaels. Okay. Uh he's a two-time WWF tag team champion, once with Stone Cold and once with Shawn Michaels. Uh, and of course, he is a uh, King of the Ring winner and a two time Royal Rumble winner, uh, first time in 2002 and then again in 2016. Oh, wow, 2016 that's not that long ago. No, that was when uh, Roman Reigns had the title on the line in the in the Rumble match. If you remember that one, that's right, that's right. That was a good match. That was a real that good, was a good match. match. I still think Dean Amber should have won that one, but whatever. Yeah, <laughs> um, so uh, let's see here what I have on my notes um now this man he loves he loves his business we've seen him work through pain through injuries uh we recall the first time he tore his left quadricep muscle uh on the may 21st 2001 episode of raw was that when he was on the table well he had he had um tried to interfere in the walls of jericho that uh that jericho had on stone cold and tore his quad then but continued another 10 minutes in the match including crazy Including allowing Jericho to put the walls of Jericho on him on the announce table on the outside. That's crazy. Um, but that would put him on the shelf for about uh, 18 months, I believe. Oh, wow. Uh, or eight months, sorry. Uh, which basically left him out of the entire invasion storyline, which I know I've always talked about how I hated that storyline, even though it was good concept. But the fact that a name like Triple H wasn't there kind of deflated the idea. And, and you got to admit, it kind of makes you wonder if it would have been a better storyline had he been there you know definitely i'm I'm sure it would have but you know it is what it is definitely happen as we know in this business 
you you get injured, chances are you're you're going to lose your spot, especially if it's a significant injury. Definitely. And yeah. then, of course, he would go on to tear his right quad at New Year's Revolution uh, in 2007 in a tag match against Raid RKO. So he's right. had both le- twads torn. Quads torn. What'd you call me? Not to mention his uh, his porn peck. Yeah, uh, exactly. <laughs> in, match, in that match with uh, the Brothers of the Destruction. That's right. Um, over in Saudi Arabia, I think that's where it was. Hadn't he torn his pick before that, though? I'm sure he did, but not in ring. Okay, okay. Um, yeah, I so, think I think it was I think it was a workout injury. Now that I'm thinking about it, yeah, I think uh, at one point he had like a he was working out his chest or something, and that's where he tore it. So yeah, I think so. But anyway, I'm sorry. Yeah, Go definitely. ahead. Um, and that would kind of culminate to uh, his final match. And here's the interesting fact: Did you know his final match was a non televised match? In uh, Tokyo, Japan? No, I did not know that. Who was yeah, he, who was it, it against? He was teaming with Shinsuke Nakamura against Robert Roode and Samoa Joe. Interesting. Yeah. That Very was his final match. Wow. Yeah. Did not know uh, that. Yeah, aside from his sporadic appearances on screen, but that was his last official match that he had in the ring. And it wasn't uh, and that was in, It wasn't even televised. That was on June 29, 2019 in Tokyo, Japan. Wow. Uh, they were doing a super show over there, so he was on the card. Gotcha. And then, of course, we we know as of recently this year, uh, uh, when he made an appearance on uh, First Take on ESPN mm-hmm. on March 25th, he announced his retirement. And then, of course, we got to see him actually retire in the ring uh, at WrestleMania Night 2 when he left his boots in the ring, and that was that was it for him. Yeah, that was, and honestly, that was pretty emotional. The fact that he put his boots, didn't they do like a camera pan to the boots? Or yeah. no, it was a camera pan to the crowd. And then when they came back to the ring, he was gone. And it was just his yeah, boots. Yeah, just the boots. Yeah. So uh, he is no longer a in-ring competitor. And I want to emphasize that because the man is still in the game. Yes. He is now the head of, cre- of creative for WWE. Right. right. So... Uh, it's interesting to a lot of people like to reference back that you know he did an amazing job with the inception of uh, NXT because NXT was his baby. He was yeah. the uh, it was his idea. He was the producer producer of it uh, from its inception since 2010. Right. Um, but fans like you and I know that he's had his ear or he's had his say in the ear of creative since the 90s. True. Since True. when he was with the Click, the backstage. Uh, we want to call politics that the click did um, because he said on many of the, of the interviews he's done that when they would go on rides, um, he was, they were talking about nothing but 24 seven, the business. Yep. Yep. That's all it was, you know, 24 seven, the business talk about um, their careers, talk about other characters, talk about storylines. And he's even said um, that, it wasn't all about him. It wasn't all about Shawn Michaels or Kevin Nash or Scott Hall. It was about the business and the benefit of the business. Right. Right. You know, he was the first one to really pull back that kayfabe curtain with the curtain call. Yes. Yes. You know, uh, took away that the image of the carnival, you know, circus act that we we've known for so many years. Right. And, really teeter the line between reality and kayfabe 
Right. And it's, and funny, we it's know, funny you're bringing this up now because, like, just the other day, I want to say it was probably Thursday or Friday of last week, I watched that uh, documentary again, Click Rules. And because I just, I'm always, I've always been fascinated with the Click. They're my favorite faction, even though technically they weren't a faction, right? Because that was all backstage. Um, right. But they were, they were always my favorite. And just to hear the way that they would push for a change in direction of the way storylines went. Um, you know, uh, to quote Triple H, he said that he would tell Vince McMahon, we want to get away from the hokey, like you said, carnival type gimmicks where he's a clown and that's a garbage man and that's, you know, this and that. And he goes to more of like, that's badass. That's cool. I want to be that, you know, and, and they were way ahead of their time because they were pitching this before WCW started going to the more realistic, you know, route. And because, because they mentioned, or in that documentary anyway, um, how they kept making those suggestions and Vince kept shooting it down. He would not budge. And it wasn't until WCW started kicking their ass that they finally were like, okay, let's, let's try this idea. So, Dude, they knew they Triple H. I mean, it's all of them, right? But we're talking about Triple H. Triple right. H knew back then the, the the direction that the business needed to go, and he was right. So it is no surprise that you know. And and here's where I was talking about earlier, where we, it, I'm. I don't want to get into a recap, but I have to say, I wasn't surprised with Raw at all. Yeah, you know, I was expecting something big i was actually expecting to like raw this week a lot more than i have these past few weeks and i loved it bottom yeah. line i loved it so yeah for sure yeah for sure um now there was an interview in 2019 with john moxley uh, uh -huh. formerly dean abros in wwe and he said about triple h that that he's a guy that thinks about things a lot that he'll be more open to giving people more freedom uh with their characters and with their promos but of course, if you see something that thinks that there's a better way that they should go about it, that he'll come and talk to you and tell you, you know, and um, we saw that in NXT. We saw right. that with the the gold and black brand, you know, of NXT, um, the the way the the wrestling was done, the story was done, not not just a story in the ring, but the story outside the ring, the right. storylines, the longevity of the storylines, the promos right. that they did, uh, the freedom that he gave. And the insight that he gave to him from being involved in this business for so long made the NXT Black and Gold a must-see program. Right, right. You know? I mean, let's be honest. Let's let's look at the track record here, okay? Now, I was not one that really got into NXT, even during Black and Gold, right? But yeah. I watched every single uh, NXT TakeOver because during triple h's reign of being the guy that ran it dude their their pay-per-views well they weren't pay-per-views i guess but they're equivalent to pay-per-views or takeovers always upstage the main wwe pay-per-view of that weekend it yeah. always happened now let's let us let's do a checklist here ones that i can remember right during triple h's reign you had that awesome match where shinsuke nakamura debuted in nxt against Sami Zayn, dude one of the best matches I've ever seen. Okay. Yeah. Let's, let's not forget the very uh, famous. And, and, and when I say famous, I mean, this was the match 
that put the women's division on the map. You had Bailey versus Sasha Banks in Brooklyn takeover. That match was insane. That finish yeah. was off the hook, right? That feud between Charlotte and 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 Sasha, Sasha and Bailey. I mean, all that happened during Triple H running NXT. Yeah. Unforgettable storylines and entertaining uh, as hell and great action in the ring, you know. And he was at he was at the driver's seat when it came to that. So yeah, yeah. It definitely was. Um, now I want to backtrack a little bit. Okay. In regards to Triple H and his career, not necessarily inside uh, the ring, but outside on his personal life. There were a lot of people that didn't like him for reasons beyond his influence in Vince's ear. But the fact that he put himself in the family of Vince McMahon, the right. fact that he married Stephanie McMahon. Right. Um, and is was basically, you know, kind of labeled as the he gets what he wants kind of character because he's mm. McMahon's boy, you know? Right, right, right. Um, and I'll be honest with you, from time to time in the past, I would think the same thing when I was a little more younger and naive. Right. But looking back on what he's done for the business, it makes sense where he was at those times, why he was in those particular storylines, why he was part of that, um, you know, the championship matches, uh, stuff like that because it made sense from a creative standpoint or to quote Vince best for business, mm. you know? Um, so he's, he's been, he has so much invested into this company. You know, he's been with his companies. We can talk about his one year in uh, WCW or his training with killer Kowalski, right. but the reality is his, his longevity of career has been with the WWF slash WWE. He's never gone anywhere else. For sure, for sure. He's um, never left the company. He's never been fired. He's never right. been, he's never quit. He's been involved with it since right. it's 95 contract. Right. And real quick, I just want to backtrack to what you were saying. I don't think that those judgments that you were talking about that he gets are necessarily fair. Because yeah. you and I, we're both, you know, we have lovely wives that we're married to and everything. And let's be real, as two men who are in love you can't you can't say that because you can't control who you fall in love with right you know what i mean so the fact that him and stephanie fell in love granted yeah there's a lot of opinions about the way he went about it and all i can say is everybody makes mistakes but the fact that he he you know went that route and ended up marrying her the way i see it is like it was very fortunate of him, you know? I mean, he fell in love with her, and now he's in the position he's in. But it's it ended up being a win-win because with him in the driver's seat, it's definitely going to improve uh, the product for sure because as you were saying about all his accolades and everything, all of his history, to me, there's no there's nobody better. Maybe Shawn Michaels, but Shawn, even yeah. Shawn does not have the commitment that Triple H does. He's yeah. always had that just massive commitment to the business. You know, it's it's like you said. I mean, that's just like he's never gone anywhere. And let's 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 not forget the fact that he got uh basically he got put on the shit list, right? Because yeah. of the, because of the curtain call. He ate a lot of shit and he yeah. he he could have easily bounced like some of the wrestlers today who yep. are tired, are fed up with their character development, fed up with what's going on politic wise, and bounce after their contract expires or ask for the release. He sucked it up. Right. He went through it. He ate what was given to him. 
Right. And he came out on top of it all. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And pay and it paid off because knowing Triple H, you know, and this and when I say knowing him, it's like you see the documentaries, you see you hear people talk about him, everything, you know, during that time when he was technically, you know, on on the shit list, sitting on the bench, however you want to call it, dude, you know, he sat there and just soaked it all in. Yeah. That's all he learned. He, I mean, and, and it's to his advantage because now he's, I mean, he's pretty much on the throne, dude, straight up, you know? And, yeah, not, uh, to, not to even say, take away to the fact that he has a heart condition now that has forced right. him to retire. He has a defibrillator in his chest that has forced him to retire. Now, that in itself has got to be hard for a man who loves his business as much as he does yeah. to not be able to be in there, but still allowing himself to give the love back to the younger talent, to the female talent, right. to to the fans, not the WWE Universe, the fans, as Michael right. Cole called them. Right. The fans. Um, he has, he has continues, continued to give so much to this business. Um, now, we already talked about the fact that he was a big influence in the NXT, Black and Gold. Right. He has been an advocate for years of pushing the younger talent, of preparing them, not just throwing them out there to see what they can do, but working with them and building them to the point where they go out there and they can make a name for themselves uh, when they're ready. Right. Also, being a full advocate of the female wrestling. Now, we talk about like, you know, 10 years ago, you wouldn't see the kind of quality matches. We saw, I mean, you saw the, the documentary, the biography of uh, the Bella Twins of yes. how they were giving, you know, reducing them from, you know, 10 minute matches to five minute matches to right. two minute matches, you know. And now, and, and again, we're not recapping anything. We'll get to that later on in the week when we do our next show. Right. But, Raw, we saw the women's highlighted throughout Raw. Right, right. And you know, you know, you saw that TikTok I sent you earlier today, right? Yeah. That guy said in five minutes, Triple H took the women's division and elevated back up, back up to where it should be. Exactly. Pretty much, that's what he did. You know, yeah. and and he was talking about SummerSlam. He wasn't talking about Raw. Yeah. You know, in five minutes, he said, and and. I mean, yeah, I don't know. I mean, there, we can speculate all we want about the mind of, of Vince McMahon and why he did what he did, but you notice the changes already, and Triple H is doing what's best for business. Uh, again, not to recap, because we'll do that later, but did you notice that this week, well, this week was probably the first week that you didn't see Omos? Yep. Right? Vince McMahon loves, loves the bigger guys. He pushes the bigger guys. Well, Omos wasn't on the show this week. Yeah, some of us, a lot of the smaller guys were. Yeah, and I was thinking about, I was looking back and thinking, with the exception of say Edge, uh, maybe Dolph Ziggler and uh, AJ Styles, and probably Rey Mysterio. So about four people on the Raw roster right now that are not quote unquote Triple H's kids from NXT. Mm, yeah, yeah, you know. Yeah. Everybody else is pretty much Triple H's babies. You know, those are right. the, the, we'll call them kids. I'm, I'm a parent. I'm going to call them kids. They're, they're his kids. Yeah. That he brought up from that brand that helped them develop the wrestlers they are now. 
And they were deflated, unfortunately, when Vince McMahon, you know, brought them up to the main roster. We saw that early on with the likes of Shinsuke Nakamura, mm-hmm. of Asuka. Uh, the only ones who really kind of have kind of uh, gained some momentum being brought up would be, say, like Becky Lynch, Bailey, right. Sasha, and Charlotte, the four horsewomen. Right. You know, but all the other um, NXT kids have pretty much been deflated as far as their character, their storylines, their wrestling ability. Yeah, I, I'm glad you said that because I know we keep saying not recapping. I'm not trying to. Re- <laughs> I'm not trying to recap, but I have to make this point because of what you just said. One of the main female stars that was really deflated, thank you, Vince McMahon, was Asuka. Mm-hmm. Asuka was a badass in NXT. Right, she comes to the main roster. Yes, defeated in NXT. Yes, she comes to the main roster and gets lost in the shuffle again, dude. After Monday, she's back to being a badass again. You know, and I mean, maybe not to the level she was, but she's definitely getting there now. Um, Rhea Ripley. Yes, yes. Oh my God, I it was stupid freaking. Uh, what's his name, Dominic? (laughs) <laughs> yeah, lucky bastard lucky bastard Out here anyway. Living the dream. <laughs> <laughs> anyway but yes i mean again it was one show and yet such a change vince uh vince mcmahon i'm not saying the man didn't know what he was doing because obviously he does i just think he's out of touch and triple h is not he knows what's hot here's the other thing chris and you tell me if you agree Triple H is definitely all about WWE. There is no doubt. But he also understands wrestling fans. To him, I think in my in my heart of hearts, I believe Triple H loves the fact that they're the AEW is doing what they're doing, right? Because it's professional wrestling. And at the end of the day, this is going to having Triple H in the position that he's in now is going to better the business not just wwe it's gonna better the business because now the now the other promotions know that wwe is about to up the ante they're about to go up to another level with triple h at the helm so they know they're gonna have to bring it and i am loving that dude uh you know i was telling melissa uh yesterday as a matter of fact we were talking about it and, and at first, I thought it might be cool to have another Monday Night War, but she made a really good point and it made me rethink what I was saying. Um, maybe not because I love having Raw on Monday and then on Wednesday being able to see a dynamite. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's just more wrestling during the week. And two different nights, two different companies, two different styles, but now they're going to up it. It's going to just get better and better, in my opinion. That's what I think. And I think that Triple H is not in any way looking to compete with AEW. Right. I mean, I'm sure, unlike Mr. Man, he has eyes on AEW um, and sees a product. But the reality is, I mean, he's just trying to maintain the eyes on WWE. Right, right, right. You know, he's trying to rebuild the fan base. Right, uh, because Vince Man for so many years with the PG era was really trying to cater to the younger demographics mm-hmm. and not to the long-term fans. Exactly, you know, because and and don't get me wrong, I mean it's good to have the kids in the in the audience because that's really where the 
the merchandising aspect of it, the marketing. Right. right. Um, but I mean, lifelong fans like you and I, we want to see the product, not necessarily what we saw in the attitude era, not necessarily what we saw in the territory days, right. but just good quality professional wrestling. Exactly. That's why we're such advocates of the indie wrestlers that we've talked to from NLW, you know, from the dog pound wrestling, those that are professional wrestlers, right? It's right. not sports entertainment. It's professional wrestling. Exactly. Exactly. And we get that there's an entertainment factor to it, but I don't think you have to, you know, change the name of, of the whole thing just because like I get you want to get mainstream viewers but it reminds me and I've said this before Chris I know but it reminds me of Jerry Jones and here's what I mean it, it, follow me on this okay I know you don't like Jerry Jones and you don't like the Cowboys but follow me on this <laughs> um, Jerry Jones is the owner of the Dallas Cowboys right mm -hmm. so Dallas Cowboys is from they're supposed to be from Dallas Texas correct where right. do they where do they practice though where's California Exactly. California. Isn't that stupid? But the reason why he does it is because of money, money, money. Right? Calm down, Shane McMahon. <laughs> <laughs> Basically, Jerry Jones doesn't really give a crap about the uh, Cowboys fans, takes our team to another state. In a way, Vince McMahon was the same way when it came to professional wrestling. All the pro wrestling fans that were on board with WWE, especially during the Attitude Era and everything, um, that's where the shift started happening, right? Then all of a sudden, Vince McMahon's like, well, I want to make more money, so in order to do that, I got to sell out and, you know, become a uh, PG or whatever, you know? Right. And he started making these decisions and changing the, the whole way that the that the uh, show went and everything. It lost a lot of viewers. And let's be honest, in a way, I, speaking for myself anyway, it even lost me as a viewer because nine times out of ten when I would watch Raw, I'd be on my phone more and just kind of looking up every now and then and, and not really paying attention. Yeah. Monday, this past Monday, I freaking paid attention. Yeah. Because it had me from beginning to end. Yeah. And it was interesting because um, I talked to uh, my friend Patrick uh, on Monday, yesterday. Oh, uh, he hates before, WWE. You know, afternoon. He's been so jaded by WWE. Yeah. And you know this for a fact. Oh, for sure. That, um, but he was he was like he he, he usually doesn't watch pay per views on Sundays because he works uh, early so he goes to bed early right uh, but he was he was glad that uh, it was on Saturday so that was right. good he was able to, and he enjoyed it he's like I'm not sure if I want to watch Raw I go well you know my understanding this is what they kind of have planned you know with the no commercials the first hour blah 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 right um, he's like really I go yeah so I mean I would you know just take a look I haven't talked to him since then but I'm pretty sure he did watch it. Um, but again, that's that's allowing yourself to kind of slowly creep back into the fandom of WWE. Right. You know, right. Um, and I think I think having Triple H there, some of those old fans that fell off, they just might might be coming back, I think, you know. Um, yeah. So listen, let's let's take a pause right here. We're going to take one little break and okay. um, we'll, we'll come back after the break and we'll talk more about Triple H. But the other thing I want to really focus on in this second uh segment is um how we think the future is going to be now with with triple h and uh and just so you guys know fans uh this particular show it's gonna be a little shorter than the other one uh that's just you know something we're gonna do so when we come back we'll talk more about triple h and just you know what the future what we think the future will hold for wwe now that 
the game is being played. Because <laughs> he's the game. <laughs> and creative. <laughs> All right, we'll be right back after this word from our sponsor. Fellas, I know how it is. Your hair and beard are looking rough and you need to get it taken care of right away. The problem is, where do you go? Well, say no more, because I have the perfect place just for you. At Hanley's Good Time and Barbershop, you'll get that fresh cut and trim by well-trained professionals who know just how to get what you want, a man's cut and a man's trim. Dallas, Jawan, and Derek will hook you up with your tailored-to-you cut along with a straight razor shave and a relaxing hot towel treatment. These fellas will give you that old-school treatment where you sit back and relax and unwind while you get back to looking like a gentleman should. When you walk in the door, talk to old Dal and let him know that Rob T. and Kayfabe Chris sent you and he'll offer you a complimentary cold one or a shot of whiskey. Stop by 322 West Hopkins Street in San Marcos, Texas or go online and make your appointment today at HanleysBarbershop.com. Hanley's Good Time and Barbershop, where good times and good vibes make for a great look. Did you miss us? <laughs> we missed you. Very much so. Very much so. I was crying in the corner in the fetal position. Like, I want to go back <laughs> on to talk about more Triple H. <laughs> so we've been talking about, um, you brought up a lot of his, basically you talked about his career as a whole. And I think it's, right. I think it's pretty safe to say we have definitely given good reasons uh, he's got good credentials. Let's put it that way. He, he he's definitely the man for the job. Uh, and in my opinion, yeah. in my opinion, there's there's really no one better. And 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 like I was saying earlier, you can't even say Shawn Michaels because yeah, Shawn Michaels loves the business, but Triple yeah. H's commitment to the business is, I, I mean, it's bar none. I don't think you can compare it to anybody else because this is kind of how I see it. Shawn loves the business, but Sean could go and be with his family and never come back. Like I see that yeah. for Sean. Yeah. I, I don't see that with Triple H at all. Well, he's married to the business. Well, yeah, I mean, technically, yeah, he's married to the business. But you know what I'm saying? Like, I just he in a way, he's like he's like another Vince McMahon. Yeah. Because you know? he just I'm sorry. I, I he's gonna be one to die with the business pretty much. So yeah, you know, but anyway, go ahead. Oh no! Well, we talked, like I said, we talked about his career, and as you said, he is well, well, more than qualified for this particular role as head of creative. Definitely. Um, and we said, like, he's been doing this for years. It's not just as a recent. It's not just going back to 2010 when he was starting the NXT brand. He has been a creative minefield, um, for lack of a better term, since the 90s. Yeah. Then he first started. I'm pretty sure even when he was in WCW, he had ideas. Um, probably wasn't as vocal as he was when he got into WWF at the time. Right. But, you know, he's he's been doing this for years. So he knows, he understands, he watches he watches a product, uh, not just what WWE is offering, but he watches what's on the outside. You know, we've seen him make sporadic appearances to indie promotions in the past. Yeah. 
you know so he's not one to steer away from oh wwe i got blindfolds on by you know sidebars that i can't see anything else in my peripheral vision it's all about professional wrestling with him and that's what we love about this this new regime yeah uh that they're calling it you know the direction that they're able to go to i mean the sky's pretty much the limit oh and uh the good thing about this also for those fans who have not watched nxt because i'm gonna be i'll be honest with you i mean there's probably gonna be a point where some of the storylines that we saw in the nxt black and gold are gonna be regurgitated in the wwe now right but i'm okay with that because as you've mentioned before in the past pretty much all of wrestling is constantly being repeated storylines are constantly repeated this business has been around for years you know um so people have seen this constantly but there's also going to be those fans who may not be familiar with what he did in nxt that are going to see some of these storylines play into effect on the main roster right so yeah for sure for sure yeah, i totally agree with that I'm you. <laughs> people can't see it at home but i thought i'd put a little yeah. little triple h on the screen <laughs> yeah i'm talking to you <laughs> so but uh pizza's gonna send out for you <laughs> quoting space walls again <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> um yeah i agree with you man uh i and i and i, and I told this to you last time i mean storylines that come out now they've all been done before you know yeah um it, it's just different spins on them different characters of course um but they've all been done and and Let's be honest, uh, everyone in the world has problems and issues, and chances are we've all gone through those same issues. It's the same thing with these storylines, especially when you start dealing with storylines that, that kind of deal with real life, you know? It, yeah. it's, it's, it's been, you know, you use the term regurgitated, and I get it, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's going to be recycled and, and used again, but here's the thing, it's going to work, you know? Yeah. Uh, Triple H knows how to do it the right way. He knows the players that he's going to use to do it. And I think it's just going to elevate things. I mean, look at this. Uh, just with the match, again, I don't mean to recap it. I'm not trying to. But I just want to briefly mention there was a match with the Mysterios on Monday. That is the most I have seen uh, Dominic do to try to get him over. Like, that's the most I've seen happen to really try yeah. to get him over and try to get some emotional attachment to Dominic. Uh, because before Monday, he was just Ray's son. And you really couldn't see him doing anything without Ray. Now, um, Ray, hold on. You, mispron- you mispronounced Eddie. <laughs> <laughs> now, granted, uh, I still am not at the point where I can see him without Ray, but just with what happened on Monday, it's like building to that. And you can tell. And I'm yeah. already, I, I think I told you this last time, uh, and I even think I mentioned it for, for SummerSlam. I wasn't really interested in their match. Yeah. Remember? I was like, I, I'm not really interested in it. Um, I'm freaking interested now. I'm interested in the Mysterios yeah. now. And, and it's because of storytelling. We've been saying this day one since we started this podcast. Pro wrestling is about the storytelling that's what it's about and triple h gets yeah. it right yeah 
Yeah, not only does he get it, uh, the storytelling outside the ring, but he gets it inside the ring. He understands that what these uh, characters do physically, their body movements, the way they, you know, pull off a maneuver, the reasoning behind right. those those moves. He understands that. He understands there's a reason for it, and he's not going to just do something because it looks cool to do. You exactly, know, exactly, exactly. Like you know, he, he's going to he take it. time. Yeah, he's going to take time in the match. He's not going to limit to, okay, y'all go out there. Y'all have four minutes of a match, but that includes entrances. You know, uh, he going to give them the time to build a story in the ring. Because reality, you can make, I mean, if you want to watch just promos constantly, go watch a novella. Go watch, you know, yeah. Days of Our Lives or whatever, yeah, you know. Right. But these characters, the big, the big attraction to professional wrestling, at least for me, is the fact that these stories carry on physically in the ring exactly you know exactly. and that makes a huge impact we've said it before when we talked about nlw the fact that uh, the first time we saw them or at least the first time i saw them was in february um was i was captivated and brought into the story already just by what was going on in the ring not knowing anything about the characters not knowing anything about the storylines and the background of what's been going on but being able to be engulfed with it through the physicality in the ring and that's right. what i'm looking forward to with this direction with triple h going forward yeah definitely definitely storytelling is going to be key and triple h gets that it, it for him it's not about booking high spots it's not about you know uh booking not really even attractions so to say i i think it's safe to say chris and you tell me if i'm wrong but i think it's safe to say that triple h is going for the pro wrestling audience again yeah i mean you that's know what i mean he's and, and again he's not trying to compete with aw but he's also trying to take some of those fans to get the eyes back on his product too right and give them something else to watch during the time that they can't watch dynamite on wednesday or they can't watch Dynamite. On, you know now the the time frame for these two particular promotions is really good right now because like you said we got monday night raw Right. Um, technically, you have NXT and TNA or Impact on Tuesdays. Then, right. who's not really paying attention for that matter? Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> then you have AEW on uh, Wednesday night. Uh, you kind of get a break on Thursday, uh, but then you get you know SmackDown and Rampage on Friday nights. Right. Not to not to discard the pay per views that come across throughout the weekend sporadically. So you have a good mixture rather than having to. You're never going to get that feeling back from back in the day when it was Monday Night Wars and you were flipping channels between USA and uh, you know TNT. You know, right, right. Um, you're never going to get that feeling back because um, now you got picture in picture. You got you can watch on your computer and watch DVR, DVR. You know, so you're never going to have that back. But this also gives the opportunity to he can see what's going on on Dynamite and kind of I wouldn't say take from it. But reality is, a good promoter, you're going to see what your competition is doing regardless. Oh, no doubt, no doubt. You know, and I'm sure he's going to he's going to enjoy doing that. Yeah, and it's it's a smart businessman would do that. I mean, you got to see what the competition is doing. I don't care what any of these guys say. Oh, we're we're not in competition with them. You can say that till you're blue in the face. But at the end of the day, you are. You know, I get it though. They're they're not focusing per se on let's beat the competition they're focusing on getting out a great product which is good but yes you have to see what the competition is doing and right i love i love aew you know i'm wearing the hat you can see that right there um i i, I hate you right now um <laughs> I, I love 
I love AEW and I love what they've been doing, but with Triple H at the helm now, uh, AEW is going to have to up their game. You know, the, those little tightening yeah. of the screws that they haven't really done much of, they're going to need to yeah. do. You know, um, I, I just in the one Raw that came on this week, I already saw 10 times of an improvement, you know, before. Yeah. Um, so yeah, this this Triple H ain't playing around, dude, and he's not wasting any time. He's now this. Go ahead. Oh no, I'm saying like we we talked about you know the product, the creativity, the storylines. I also want to talk about the fact that the um, communication that you're going to see between the talent and Triple H, the backstage you know uh, mentality is going to change a lot. You know, they're going to be a little more comfortable going to them with their ideas, right. saying, okay, well, how about this for my character? What about this? How will we build to this? You know, he's going to listen. He's going to take into consideration their thoughts. He's going to understand from a performer's aspect of what they think that their character should be. He's been there. He's been to that where he's had to go to Vince or to Vince Russo or to Bruce Pitcher or whoever is running creative, you know, and say, right. this is what I want to do. He's going to listen. And that's going to be a big factor going forward as well. Oh, for sure. I mean, wasn't that one of the first things he said when he met with the talent after yeah, he took the reins? Very transparent. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, let's be honest, that's already making waves. I mean, uh, you'd have to be living under a rock not to already have heard the news that it looks like Sasha Banks and Naomi are coming back. Um, yeah. You know, let's look at Io Shirai. She was already out the door. So mm-hmm. was Dakota Kai. Then they show up at SummerSlam. Yeah. You know, so yeah. yeah, it's already it's already happening. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, and and they're coming back because they know, hey, now we're gonna be heard. In fact, uh, I think you saw the report too. There, uh, there's some AEW talent that's thinking about going to WWE once their contracts up. You know, yeah. so <clears throat> excuse me. Yeah, so, definitely. I mean. You know, definitely, it's gonna it's gonna be a big change uh, <coughs> behind the scenes. Uh, you know, in creative, um, it's gonna be a lot happier. I think. Now, I don't know what goes on behind WWE, but based off of what, and I, you know, have to hate to refer to you know the allegations from this man. Based right. on what we know, um, obviously the environment wasn't that good. Right. Right. Um, and Triple H has worked with a lot of these talents that are on the main roster now. When he was in NXT, so there's a big trust factor there. There's a big trust factor with him and what his ultimate goal is, and they're willing to listen to him when he says, "Hey, you know, okay, this is where we're gonna go. It's probably gonna take us eight months to a year to get there, but this is the direction we need to go to, and we're gonna build to that." You know, I, definitely, definitely, uh, and and you're definitely gonna see a change in um, the way that pay per views are built around. You know, you're not going to see, you know, okay, here's a pay-per-view. Now we're going to build a quick storyline within three weeks to go to the next pay-per-view. That you're going to see a strong build from pay-per-view to pay-per-view to Monday Night Raw to SmackDown. You know, it's not going to be rushed. Right, right. And it's already happening. I mean, um, right after SummerSlam happened, the WWE had released that they had uh, interviewed Bailey, EO, and, or I'm sorry, right? EO now, right? EO Sky. Uh, Eosky. Bailey, Eosky, and Dakota Kai, and as soon as I heard that inter- that little interview, I was like, 
it's already happening because right away they're like that that everybody wants an explanation and bailey goes they're gonna have to wait no yeah. explanation you know and i was just like oh all right slow burn let's bring it on and, that, bring it and on. you know what that ge- keeps you wanting to come back to find out what's gonna happen next that's i mean that's why i wanted to tune into raw i wanted to see yeah. if they were gonna say something or if they were gonna you know I think we were both excited about Raw. Like you text her, are you watching? I'm like, of course. Yes, yes, <laughs> you know, exactly. Like, <laughs> and when was the last time we were that excited for a Raw? Come on. Oh man, I was, when I meet you, <laughs> <laughs> it's been a while. It's yeah, a while. for now, sure. Don't, don't get me wrong. We've watched Raw, you know, weekly because obviously we want them to have a understanding of what the product is, you know, for our podcast. But yeah, this was this was more of like. The podcast was secondary. I wanted to watch Raw because I was excited to see what was going to happen. Same here. Same here. It wasn't about, okay, let's make sure we know what happens so we can report it on the podcast. No, I right. wanted to see what was going to happen. You know, uh, I I loved the that they were doing the picture-in-picture thing, you know. Um, they went to a commercial kind of, right, because it was picture-in-picture. Again, I'm not trying to do recaps. Uh but it didn't follow the same formula that you're used to. Let's go. Let's go back a couple of weeks. You had a match between uh, Bianca Belair and um, some random woman that you've seen already for the past few weeks, right? Maybe yeah. maybe Becky Lynch or whatever. And then all of a sudden, somebody comes and attacks Bianca. Like a uh, uh, what was her name? Uh, Carmella comes and attacks Bianca. And now Bianca and Becky are. Uh, uh, I mean, I'm sorry. Carmella and Becky are attacking Bianca. And then all of a sudden, here comes, I don't know, Alexa Bliss to help, right? And then they go to commercial, and then they come back, and what did you see? A tag match. <laughs> tag match. It, it was, that was the formula. And yeah. similar thing happened on Raw this week, but you didn't get that. There wasn't yeah. a tag match, right? So already, you know, they're already doing something different, you know? Heck, dude, I was listening to uh, uh, Busted Open today, and they were pretty much praising raw too it was it was they were excited you know about it yeah. and uh i don't even think i even heard anything bad said about raw um, you know no, so not yeah at all. not at all um yeah bully ray's always been a big uh, fan of the nxt black and gold so i'm sure he was the same way that arbo like he was excited to watch raw and to see what was going to happen yeah and the one thing about bully ray is he's honest yeah, he's, he he's very, very honest. honest, and 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 his uh, basically his take on 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 Raw was spot on, and I don't remember him saying anything bad either about Raw. Yeah, no. You know? oh, um, I know you asked on the last podcast. Um, you had asked about I don't know if it was the last podcast but when we talked about him taking over creative. You had asked about do you think Raw will eventually go back down to two hours? Yes. Now. Well, it was an article um, a couple of years ago that I found that Triple H had mentioned that he feels that Raw being three hours is a little too much. And he would, if he was in charge, he would drop it down to two hours. Right. So, and like I said, I think that may be the pathway that they're going to take in the future. But right now they have an opportunity to utilize that third hour to help build characters and build stories. Mm-hmm. And they're going to take advantage of that uh, as long as possible before they drop down. Right, right. Um, another thing that they may we may see is uh, maybe a um, a pullback on the house shows mm. to help uh, keep the health of these superstars wrestlers. Fuck it, they're not superstars; they're wrestlers. <laughs> keep these wrestlers healthy. 
you know? I think that would be a very smart move. Very smart move. Yeah. And and not you only know? that, for the fans, it's a smart move too because it, it the anticipation, right? If you're like, oh, when are they coming to our town? Because uh, let's be honest, they, they were in Texas just a couple of weeks ago, and then yeah. they were back again Monday. Um, yeah. You know, and it's like, I, I think I like AEW because of the fact that they they're they're going place to place now with with their show Dynamite, um, but they're not doing house shows. So it's like no. you hear they're close by. Like remember we heard they were in San Antonio. We we're like we gotta go, we gotta yeah. go. You know, uh, and I think if they were to cut down on the house shows, it, it's gonna be good not just for the the wrestlers, but it's gonna be good for the fans too. Yeah, and anything the house shows are are basically for two reasons. One to uh, <laughs> to help you know merchandising to help you know allow the fans who can't go to a raw and afford a raw to go to a smaller show that may be a little more you know um, costly for them. And, and secondly, to kind of um, preview storylines that may work or may not work. Right. You know that's basically the purpose of the house show. Well, and it's um, also and it's thing- also to scout talent, isn't it? Yeah, it's also the scout talent. Uh, another thing I noticed, and maybe this will be another direction where they're going, um, is maybe they're going to steer away from the on-screen uh, authority figures because you didn't see Adam Pierce come out once this last on Monday Raw. That is very true. He came out to separate. Uh, yeah, but, that but was he it. was not there in a in a fa- in a you know faction of uh, being an authority figure, and that's, right, that was right. because he's been out pretty much every damn week where he's making those. Like you said, those tag matches every right, freaking right. week. Uh, but we did not see that uh, on Monday Night Raw. That's very true. I didn't even I didn't even think about that. But you, you're right. That's that's very true. Yeah. That's so maybe true. they pull back from that because uh, we've seen it, and maybe you know the way that they're doing creative, they don't need those on screen authority figures. Yeah, that's true. I mean, I didn't miss them. <laughs> you know what yeah. I mean? Like, I don't think anybody did. You know, no. it was. And that was another thing, uh, Chris, that, I, that I, I remember I mentioned to you that it seemed like there was more action. There was a lot more action, a less, lot more. Uh, less talking, less crappy promos. There was, and there was it definitely flowed, more action. It flowed smoothly. It flowed very smoothly, the action, uh, yes. not just on Raw, but on SummerSlam as well. Yes. We saw that there was a lot more involvement in the ring as opposed to the outside um, promos and stuff like that. Right. So that, I mean, we could talk about all we want, but the fact is that being fans of WWE, being fans of professional wrestling, we're able to see the transitions, even the small, minute stuff. We're able to see the differences in the commentating, the differences in the matches and the extent of those matches, the physicality of the matches, um, the quality of the professional wrestling, where it's not all about spots. You know, right. it's not a glory. Uh, young buck show anymore right it's, exactly it's about the actual story in the ring and is it just me did, or, or did uh michael cole just sound a whole lot happier oh michael cole sounded amazing you know his commentary i can't wait to listen to smackdown just to listen to his commentary him yeah. and pat mcafee together yeah they're not sure. being a filter or someone in their ear telling them what to say you know, Michael Cole is a consummate professional. He knows what he can and can't get away with right. on network television, and he's not going to cross that line. Right. At the same time, he's also going to make it entertaining. 
Exactly. Exactly. You know, because if you go and you go on the flip side to AEW, you have a professional and the longevity of a commentator in Jim Ross, but you see him making mistakes. Big time. Big time. You yeah. know. So I, personally, yeah, I think definitely exciting. I think the age is getting to him a little bit. Yeah, I, um, I think so too. Yeah. Um, all of them, like even uh, Jerry Lawler, was on the pre-show for SummerSlam, and he—you could tell that he was a little bit uh, interesting. Yeah, he was a little slow. Uh, some recycled jokes, you know. Yeah. Um, Another thing I want to say, and again, we're not going to recap because we're going to do that on our next show. But um, the fact that Triple H seems to be putting more emphasis on the uh, well, how should I say the importance of a championship. Yes, yes. I mean, yeah. he made he made the uh, United States Championship look legit. Yeah, with what he did on Monday for and sure. And I hope that he does that with the IC title, with the Intercontinental title. Yes, you know, I honestly, I had to think back for a second. I was driving home today. I was like, "Who the fuck is the Intercontinental Championship?" I realized it was Gunther. I was yeah, thinking it yeah. was still Ricochet, but it's Gunther. Um, but yeah, I mean, bringing legitimacy back to those titles, to bring back to those belts, and I swear, I hope he brings back the freaking buckles on the belt and not the stupid Velcro. Oh yeah, <laughs> same here, same here. Because it just you know, it doesn't seem like a legit belt with the Velcro. No, no, and the fact that these the the storylines the past few months, past year really, haven't really bring any kind of importance to those belts. They're basically just like props, as you want to right, call them. Right, exactly. You exactly. know, whereas as he knows, he's appreciated the business for so long, and even when he was champion, he made that title relevant. Yes. You know, whatever he was holding, yes. um, and so he's going to definitely bring that back to not only the U.S. title, but I'm hoping the IC title. Uh, hell, bring back the European title. You know, yeah, <laughs> you know, bring that back. Uh, you know, just and get rid of the stupid two belts. You know, yeah, and not only that, I think bring back a legitimate looking right uh, yeah. tag tag team championship. Yeah, none of the stupid uh, big penny, big dime looking. Yeah, because they look like toys. They yeah, really they need to. I mean, I, that's one thing I got to give AEW credit for. Their belts look legit as, mm, you know what I'm yeah. saying? I mean, they had, they, uh, so this past Dynamite last week, they unveiled the Trios Championship titles. Dude, they look like beautiful, legit titles. I saw it, was, it was nice that each of the commentators got a belt. Yeah, yeah, that's pretty cool. That was cool. <laughs> But they didn't disappoint. They looked like legitimate titles. Yeah. You know, uh, I've always thought that the tag titles in WWE looked so fake. Uh, they looked so just bad, you know. And, and, and I find, I've always found it funny, especially now with, with uh, Roman Reigns and, and the Usos, you know, uh, the bloodline and how they're talking about the bloodline has all the gold. Well, technically, no, because the tag titles yeah. aren't gold, <laughs> you know. Yeah, they're so not it, gold. Yeah, so it's like I, I hope that they change those, man. I really do. I'm cool with everything else, the way the belts look, even the women's title and everything. That's another thing. Bring back the women's tag title. Yeah. You know what I mean? Bring legitimacy to that as well. Yeah. You know, so I don't know. You think uh you think we'll be seeing Sasha and Naomi soon? Um I hope so. I mean, again, it's not 100% confirmed. It's just based off of uh, people like David Meltzer and uh, that kind of thing. But, I mean, they haven't been wrong in the past very well. Even right, right. So um, I'm hoping, um, I don't know when, uh, we're going to see them. I'm assuming they're probably doing it on a Raw 
if not an ex-pay-per-view. Uh, I don't think they use him on SmackDown. I was really hoping that we were going to see Naomi come out and join the bloodline, but you know, maybe there's something else as in their contracts or their agreement that they're trying to, you know, build them up to, to return, you know, cause well, they're going to get that pop. They're going to get that world warrior pop. No, for doubt. sure. For sure. But maybe they will come on SmackDown. Cause we can't forget Chris SmackDown is on Fox. Fox is network television. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So it, it's possible. I mean, lately, lately SmackDown has kind of, uh, you know, declined a little bit, uh, right. but but the fact of the matter is, it is on the network that has more viewers than USA does. So yeah. it's it's very possible that they could come out on SmackDown. Um, all I know is that the future is now brighter. I think for WWE, and uh, it's going in. I think it's going in the right direction. Um, I was thinking about this today, and I wanted to mention it to see what your thoughts were. Uh, what do you think about the possibility of uh, of seeing MJF in WWE? Uh, I mean, he's still under contract to 2024, so right, right. I mean, but again, we don't know what the logistics or the amount is in those contracts, right? And I don't see Triple H being one steer away from uh, you know trying to buy out that contract unless there's not enough money because of the legal shit that's going on with Vince McMahon. That's you know? a good point. That's a good um, point. But I, and I, and I, the good thing is though, that if he was to jump to WWE, I wouldn't be concerned about his character going in. Yeah. Whereas if it was Vince McMahon still, I would be right. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, you're right. You're right. You know, I think that triple H would, would dial it down a little for the purpose to satisfy the, you know, network executives and the sponsors. Right. But he's also not going to completely water him down. Right. You know? right, right. So, uh, it'd be interesting to see, you know, for sure. It's been interesting. It's been interesting to see what it's, it's an interesting thing to think about of would the contracts for like, say John Moxley, he just renewed his contract, you know, right. I think Chris Jericho just renewed. Um, we know Adam Cole's locked in for quite a while. Miro también. Uh, that's also for you Spanish people, uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know, non-Spanish people. They, yeah. Non-Spanish people. Sorry. Would they have signed those uh, extensive contracts? Had they known Triple H was going to eventually become head of creative? Man, that's a good question. I, I I'd be willing to bet money that maybe with Miro, maybe not. I think Miro yeah. Miro would have gone back. Uh, yeah. You know, but I mean, it is what it is. Um, basically, I mean, and here we are. But uh, we're coming to the tail end here, so let me ask you this uh, last question that just slipped my freaking mind what the heck <laughs> and, it was, and it was and it was a good one too oh my god what was i gonna ask <laughs> dang it dang it dang it it was a good one too uh i'm getting old chris my oh. my my mind is is slipping on me man uh, oh i know i know Cap i know the hamster taps the hamster right right i know we were talking about mjf uh and yes. that was kind of uh what was triggering me into this next direction when it comes to triple h um running the show uh oh i remember now what do you think and and we'll end it with this with the input on this question so i mentioned this to you last time what do you think with triple h running the show do you think there's a possibility that there could be an opening of the forbidden door for wwe because going back to what you were saying before all the accolades and everything that triple h has accomplished 
he tried to go on WCW television as yeah. as as DX, and you know, so it's like not out of the realm of possibilities. Do you think he'd pull the trigger though? I do. I don't know if it would be on a show like AEW. Okay. He might start something small with like an impact because they've already had Mickey James on there. <laughs> right. You know? um, so there's already connection or communication in regards to that. Um, if they were to go into AEW, I think he'd be smart enough to play along with the storyline with uh, the Jericho Appreciation Society. Mm, nice. Nice. You know, because of the fact they had that whole sports entertainment gimmick going on. Right, right. Oh, man. All I know is it is exciting to be a wrestling fan right now. Yeah. Professional wrestling fan, not sports entertainment. People. No, no. Professional, professional wrestling. wrestling. It is exciting to be a professional wrestling fan right now. So, yeah. Uh, so definitely keep your eye on uh, AEW, but especially now, keep your eye on WWE because. We're about to see some things happening with Triple H at the driver's seat. And I think uh, his ass should bring back the World Wrestling Federation. Uh, Super Entertainment. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I agree, but I think that's a whole lawsuit thing with that stupid. I don't care. Do it. <laughs> <laughs> that's one more lawsuit in WWE's lap right now. <laughs> that's a good point. That's a really good point. <laughs> oh, the man. Least that's of worries. <laughs> Uh, well, listen, everybody, thank you so much for uh, tuning in and listening today. Um, we wanted to talk Triple H today, but make sure you keep it here uh, because uh, just like normal, our Saturday show, we will have recaps for all. We will recap uh, Raw. We will recap uh, Dynamite. And depending on when we record the show, maybe we'll recap SmackDown, but probably not. We'll see. <laughs> uh, we will recap SummerSlam. We will recap SummerSlam this week. Yeah, that's the biggest one. To recap yeah. is SummerSlam. And I actually already have already about. already have my notes for SummerSlam. I believe I have my notes for Raw. I believe. So you. I'm just waiting to watch AEW and we get yeah. to go. I believe you. I completely yeah. believe you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm already done with them. <laughs> but I tell you, I can't wait to talk about SummerSlam because it was one hell of a show. Definitely. Um, so, but yeah, just keep it here. We're going to two episodes a week now, guys. So I hope you're excited about that. Uh, so uh, just keep it here. We'll be back later this week. Uh, with another show but thank you again for wa uh, watching for listening uh we'll have a video up soon not just not yeah. yet uh, i need to pretty fire myself first mm, <laughs> well i have a hair appointment this week with hanley's nice. barbershop nice. so one of our sponsors so shout yes. out to hanley definitely definitely awesome well thank you guys again for tuning in and uh until the next episode bye 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 You've been listening to the Mega Powers Pro Wrestling Podcast. If you'd like to contact the show with your input or questions, email us at megapowerswrestling at gmail.com. That's megapowerswrestling at gmail.com. Also find us on all social media by searching Mega Powers Pro Wrestling Podcast. Until next week, we wish you good vibes and Godspeed.